It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. My guest today, Diana Furchgott Roth, joins me. Uh, when it comes to economics, uh, you are at the top of the game. When it comes to factual analysis, you've always provided that for me. So please help me, Diana. Uh, how does this rampant spending, how does ignoring or redefining inflation slash recession, ignoring the numbers, not just at the pump, but energy costs as a part of our society, uh, get us out of this mess? Because that's what the Biden administration seems to be doing. You're absolutely right, David, and it's an honor to be on your show. The Inflation Reduction Act would not reduce inflation. It would increase inflation it would result in more renewables as part of our electricity mix. That makes electricity more expensive, David, and energy has a big weight in the consumer price index. So we shouldn't believe that this is an Inflation Reduction Act. Well, when they sell it that way, and and I see the, the constant narrative, I've got to ask a common sense question. Is it is it that they don't know or is it that they actually believe this? You know, at some point, one plus one equals two. Well, I don't know. I don't want to ascribe motives to anybody, but it's not going to reduce inflation. Plus, uh, this bill came out the day the proposed bill was rolled out the day after we heard that the economy is officially in a recession or had two quarters of negative growth. We don't want to be slapping a 15% corporate minimum tax on companies when we are in a recession, when the economy has just experienced two quarters of GDP GDP decline. Let's talk about a big part of our economy and obviously a large group in this country, the the transportation industry, uh, you know, beyond the drivers uh, that a lot of them who call into this show out there, the long haulers, short haulers, regional haulers. You're an expert in transportation economics. What needs to be done in order to get that part of our economy functioning properly? Uh, And who knows, if that was successful, maybe they'd pay attention to other things in Washington, D.C., When the Biden administration came in, President Biden announced that he wanted less fossil fuel exploration, slower pipelines. He ended the Keystone XL pipeline that would have brought in um, fuel from Canada for us to refine and turn into gasoline. So he made a statement that he wanted less energy, less gasoline. Sure enough, this is what we have. And as a result, prices have gone up. It's a little bit like when they close the Abbott factory that makes 42% of baby formula, and then they see the prices go up and there's a shortage. With the baby formula, they asked for more formula from Europe. With the oil, they went to Saudi Arabia uh, and asked OPEC to produce more. In both cases, we can produce more right here in the United States if we want to do so. Oil production in the United States still is not up to where it was before the pandemic. And we have a lot that we could be doing right here at home. We're fortunate we're the largest oil and natural gas producer in the world. We can affect market prices if we want to do so. Instead, we're focusing on renewables and wind and solar 
do not go into people's gas tanks. If if there was an attempt to, to, to address the issue, and as I said, you being an expert in transportation economics, why... Why is the, I guess, the transportation industry writ large, uh, trucking, uh, the the various aspects of it, the, the, whether it's companies uh, or associations, people like yourself, why why would you not be at the table? And it's not just about, it, it can't just be about politics. I mean, the obvious is out there, and I'm asking you in, in part out of frustration, not with you, but on behalf of people who say, What's going on? This is blatantly obvious. David, it's blatantly obvious. It doesn't take a transportation expert to see that only 5% of vehicles sold last year were battery-powered electric, that America is independent in terms of oil and natural gas production, that these battery-powered electric vehicles have problems with short range and ability to recharge, And Americans don't want to be in smaller vehicles with perhaps breaking down or losing fuel after 250, 300 miles with screaming kids in the back of the car. Uh, So we need to be building on what we have. And this administration, for ideological reasons, is in debt to the environmental movement, which wants to push battery-powered electric vehicles, which would mean we were dependent on China rather than being dependent on our own resources. And these battery-powered electric vehicles would not slow global warming. They would not slow global emissions uh, because they have to be made with uh, fossil fuels. The batteries are made in China. They're shipped over here using fossil fuels. The electricity is generated primarily using fossil fuels. So for those people who are concerned about global emissions, they would not help global emissions either. This is purely ideological. It's like a religion, David. Let's go through, and by the way, I always appreciate uh, your points and the things you provide uh, for not only my consideration, but for discussion. Uh, Lowering inflation, what could be a big driver of that right now? We know that energy and food prices are a big driver of inflation, as are rents. Uh, what we call shelter costs, mortgages and rents. Rents are going up. Uh, Electricity is going up. Gasoline prices are going up. And those are the main drivers of inflation right now. Gasoline's up by about 50% over the past year. Energy prices are up about 30% over the past year. Different aspects of food are up uh, 10 to 20% over the past year. We all know this when we go to the grocery store. I went to the grocery store yesterday a dozen eggs, store brand, were $4.25 a box. Used to be eggs were about $2 a box. Everything is going up. Well, to that point, who's getting hit the worst right now? You, you, you know, we, get, we see the news items on what is a recession, redefining recession. But your, your example of eggs, which is a base product in so much of our food supply and other products that are not directly egg-related. So who's getting hurt the most? Low-income Americans are getting hurt because this is a larger share of their incomes. Food and gasoline are a larger share of their incomes than for upper-income Americans. They're the ones who are really hurting. They're the ones who can't afford to buy the new, more fuel-efficient car. They have the old gas guzzlers. 
and they are really getting hit. Many of them live in rural areas where they depend on cars. They don't have any kind of options like going on a bus or going on a metro the way people in big cities do. This is a, a, a major urban-rural divide, David. It's not just Republican-Democrat. It's urban-rural. Yeah, very important point about the rural. All too often we get these coastal stories or these uh, big city stories. And, you know, beyond just who's being affected with this, you know, you've got uh, Joe Biden talking about how you could save $800 a year. Well, if eggs are twice plus what they used to be and other items are going up, that $800 doesn't go very far, does it? Uh, it really does not go very far. Absolutely not. And not, not when you have to feed a family, too. Yeah. Plus, it does come from somewhere. I hear borrowing is a big thing in the uh, in the federal government in D.C. Uh, there's something else that's going to happen here. If if eggs and I'm going to keep using the eggs example, if eggs are up two times over and I've seen the same thing at the grocery store, uh, people are going to cut back. They're going to cut back on spending. What what does that do to the economy? We've seen that cutting back on spending uh drives down uh, GDP. You spend more on eggs and gasoline. You don't have as much to spend on other kinds of products, uh, such as maybe taking your kids to a baseball game or uh, going out to eat or other kinds of services like that. We also see that businesses react to people spending less. We saw that business investment went down last quarter substantially. Uh, Private uh, investment went down by 13.5% last quarter. That's why this is not the time, David, to have a new 15% tax because it directly affects these companies that provide investment. It means that when you build a new building or you invest in equipment, that is not all deductible the way it is right now. It's not deductible from your income. You still have to pay tax on that. So what are you going to do? You're not going to invest in as much planned and equipment as you would have otherwise. And it adversely affects big manufacturing firms. This is not a tax that we want right now or any. And they do those things uh, like hiring people. If they don't hire, if they don't expand, if they don't innovate, uh, that all has an effect Uh, to, to wrap up today and certainly never wrap up our ongoing conversations. This modern monetary theory, this, this phrase and what it means, uh, Is this just a new twist on an old Keynesian? Well, to give him credit, John Maynard Keynes did have deficit spending as something that should be temporary. Uh, Modern monetary theory says you can basically spend uh, large deficits and the Fed can expand uh, ad infinitum. You can do it practically infinitely and you won't get inflation. But what we've seen is over the past couple of years that, yes, we do get inflation. We started 2021 with around 2% inflation, the Fed's goal, we're right now up to over 9%. Even before the Ukraine-Russia war, at the end of the year, we were up to 7%. So uh, modern monetary theory is not giving us what its proponents said that it would give. Yeah. Well, the math matters, and that's what you do when it comes to economics. I always appreciate the information. It's all common sense. It's nothing expert. All your listeners (laughs) know the same thing. They can see the eggs at the supermarket just the way I can, and they can see the government spending. 
Yeah. Maybe they go to the supermarket more than these, quote, policymakers in D.C. And like you and I do. Diana, thank you always. Appreciate it. Great to be on your show. Such an honor. Thanks, David. Diana Furch got Roth, adjunct professor of economics at George Washington University. Uh, read her, read her writings, read her website, dianafr.com. And you can follow her on Twitter at dfr underscore economics. That's among many reasons. Transportation expert. Learned a lot over the years, uh, especially for you truckers out there. Join me live on The David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon East on Sirius XM Patriot 125.